Welcome, everyone, to a brand new edition of Learn About World Cuisine, the show that takes you on a culinary tour around the world. Today's topic is going to be the Statue of Liberty. So it will be fun, mind-blowing facts about the Statue of Liberty. And then at the end of the program, I have some mind-blowing facts about foods that started in New York. I was stunned. This is going to be a shocker. So let's get started. The Statue of Liberty was given to America as a gift from France in 1886. France gave the Statue of Liberty to America as a commemoration of the American Revolution and the partnership and the role that France partnered with America. So it was a commemoration of their partnership in the American Revolution. The Statue of Liberty weighs 225 tons. (laughs) That's a big lady. (laughs) France said that the Statue of Liberty pays tribute to the perseverance and freedom and democracy in the United States. A French thinker came up with the idea of the Statue of Liberty. And the hope he had was that it would inspire France to fight for its own democracy against Napoleon III. So the idea of giving the United States a statue to symbolize democracy and freedom was... The French were, were hoping that it would inspire their own people to fight for democracy. A French sculptor designed the Statue of Liberty, and it was modeled after the Roman goddess of freedom. I'll bet you a lot of you didn't know that. But the Statue of Liberty was modeled after a Roman goddess. The full name, now I'll bet you didn't know this either. The full name of the Statue of Liberty is Liberty Enlightening the World. But Statue of Liberty uh, was easier to say and easier to remember. But the full name of the Statue of Liberty is Liberty Enlightening the World. That has a better ring to it. The Statue of Liberty has a better ring. The original designer... Of the Statue of Liberty died unexpectedly before it was fully finished. So the original designer of the Statue of Liberty unexpectedly died before it was finished. $102,000. Now keep in mind, this is back in uh, many centuries ago or many years ago, but $102,000 was raised by both America and France to build the Statue of Liberty, although the total cost was around $500,000, which is equivalent to $10 million today. Now, let me, let's go off script for a second. Basically, they needed more funding for the Statue of Liberty. So America and France both asked people to donate money 
and they were able to get $102,000 from citizens to help build the Statue of Liberty. Here's another pretty fun fact. When they completed the Statue of Liberty in 1885, they had to deconstruct it in order for it to be shipped to New York. Let me say that again. When they were ready to ship the Statue of Liberty to America, to New York, they actually had to tear it apart in order for it to be shipped. So it had to be deconstructed. It took four months when it got to New York, when it arrived in New York, for them to rebuild the Statue of Liberty. The ship from Paris to New York that was delivering the Statue of Liberty was caught in a bad storm, and it almost sunk. (laughs) Could you imagine all that work to get the Statue of Liberty done, and its ship that it was shipped over on almost sunk? It took four months, as I said, to reassemble the Statue of Liberty once it arrived in New York. So keep in mind, they had to tear it down, and then they had to build it again when it got to New York. It took four months to build it again. There was a lot of criticism. Now, this is pretty interesting. Keep in mind, this is many, many years ago. But when the Statue of Liberty first was erected in New York, there was a lot of criticism about the Statue of Liberty because it was a female. And at that time, females could not even vote. So the criticism was, hey, you're sending us a symbol of freedom, and it's a female. And at that time, females couldn't even vote. The Statue of Liberty is made of approximately 31 tons of copper. 31 tons of copper. The copper plates that cover the statue have turned green over the years due to oxidation. So when you see photos and film of the Statue of Liberty, the reason that the Statue of Liberty is green is actually due to oxidation. It's not, they didn't paint it green. The head of the Statue of Liberty is off-center by about two feet. The crown on the Statue of Liberty has 25 windows. And the windows are thought to represent natural min- the natural minerals of the earth. The concept of liberty is to bring everyone together. So the seven spikes on the crown of the Statue of Liberty represent the seven continents and oceans. When you go to visit the Statue of Liberty... You're going to see broken chains at the bottom of the statue. And those broken chains represent the broken shackles of oppression and tyranny. How many stairs does it take to get up to the top of the Statue of Liberty? There are 354 stairs. That you must climb to get to the crown of the Statue of Liberty. The torch of the Statue of Liberty is covered in 24 carat 
gold leaf. I never knew that. So the torch of the Statue of Liberty is covered in 24-carat gold leaf. The date of the signing of the Declaration of Independence is inscribed upon the torch. So they have it inscribed into the torch. And that is the date of the signing of the Declaration of Independence. In 1956, Congress renamed the island of the Statue of Liberty. The island that the Statue of Liberty sits on was renamed to Liberty Island in 1956. Liberty Island, which is the island that the statue... Now, here's something. I want everyone to hold on to your chairs. I don't want anyone falling off their chairs because of these mind-blowing facts. Liberty Island, where the Statue of Liberty stands on, is actually closer to New Jersey than it is to New York. And it actually sits on the New Jersey side of the Hudson River. So technically, the Statue of Liberty is closer to New Jersey than it is to New York. And it sits on the Hudson River, New Jersey side of the Hudson River. In 1984, the Statue of Liberty was named a World Heritage Site. No private boats are allowed to be near the Statue of Liberty. And the only thing that is allowed in the water is the ferry that you have to get to go visit the Statue of Liberty. I think that's important. The area of Liberty Island where the Statue of Liberty sits on is not allowed to have any private boats anywhere near it, obviously, for, for security purposes. And the only thing that's allowed anywhere near the Statue of Liberty is the ferry that you must ride to get to, the, uh, to Liberty Island where the Statue of Liberty is. Here's something I didn't know. Both Boston and Philadelphia, where this program is recorded, tried to get the Statue of Liberty built in their cities, and they were trying to acquire funding to do it. So could you imagine the Statue of Liberty being in either Boston or Philadelphia? Between 1886 and 1920, the Statue of Liberty became a symbol of immigration. Now, a lot of people, uh, you know, when they think of the Statue of Liberty, they think of immigration. And that is because between 1886 and 1920, it became a symbol of immigration because 14 million immigrants came to the United States through New York. From 1886 to 1902, the Statue of Liberty functioned as a lighthouse, and you could see its light from 24 miles away. In 1916, the torch of the Statue of Liberty was damaged due to an explosion during World War I. And ever since then, you cannot go to the torch. At the end of World War II, the Statue of Liberty. Now, here's something that I had to read four times to understand. 
when the when World War II ended, the crown of the La- Statue of Liberty flashed Morse cold. Morse ah, Morse cold. Morse code. Stating the letter V. And that was to symbolize victory in World War II. So they actually flashed Morse code uh, in the crown of the Statue of Liberty to symbolize victory. If you look, I want everyone right now. I want everyone, I want you all to hold on to your chairs because these are mind-blowing facts about the Statue of Liberty. But I also, if you have any American money in your wallet, look at your $10 American money bill. And you will see two images of the Statue of Liberty's torch. And I'm going to look at my $10 bill later. Since September 11th, the United States has only allowed select visitors to visit the crown of the Statue of Liberty. So going up to the crown is not permitted by everyone. There are a selected few people that can do it. Both in 19... All right, here, here, listen. I don't want anybody falling off their chairs from these mind-blowing facts, so I want you to hold on tight, because this is fascinating. There have only been two people to die from suicide from jumping off the Statue of Liberty. The first one happened in 1929, and then again in 1930. So think about this. The Statue of Liberty has been there for years. And in those years, what is it, 1886? Since 1886, only two people have died from suicide from jumping off the Statue of Liberty, although many people have tried to commit suicide. The other people have lived, and only two have died. And just to give you an example... There are many more people who have died of suicide from uh, Niagara Falls than there have been from the Statue of Liberty. Uh, Statue of Liberty has had many people try to commit suicide, but no, uh, only two have died. When the wind goes above 50 mile per hour, the Statue of Liberty can sway up to three inches. And its torch can sway up to five inches. Now, I want to add this in right now because I think I did the uh, facts out of uh, sequence. There are a lot of days when the Statue of Liberty is closed due to weather. Somebody says, oh, it's always open. It's not. There are several days when the Statue of Liberty can be closed due to bad weather. Uh, But if there is a storm and there's 50 mile per hour winds... The Statue of Liberty can sway up to three inches, and the torch can sway up to five inches. Here's something. Every year, the Statue of Liberty is hit by 600 bolts of lightning. (laughs) Now, I want everyone, if you go to dinner tonight with your family, I want everyone to sit around the table and say, Hey, Mom, Dad, I got something for you. Every year. The Statue of Liberty is hit by 600 bolts of lightning. The Statue of Liberty has appeared in two films. One film was called The Day After Tomorrow, and the other film was Independence Day by Will Smith. 
The Statue of Liberty has also appeared in the film Planet of the Apes. And it was buried halfway up in sand. I got to be honest with you. I don't watch movies, so I have no idea. Uh, There was supposed to be a Statue of Liberty built in Egypt at the Suez Canal. And as you'll learn in a few minutes, lots of replicas of the Statue of Liberty have been built. Uh, However, they tried to build a Statue of Liberty in Egypt at the Suez Canal, but they said the cost was too high. But there are replicas of the Statue of Liberty in several places around the world. And I'll get to that in a few minutes. Uh, As obviously the Statue of Liberty has had many nicknames. In 2019, the Statue of Liberty had 4.2 million visitors. And that is what inspired me to write a show about the Statue of Liberty. Uh, Before the pandemic, it was getting an average of 4 million people a year coming to visit the Statue of Liberty. Let's take a one-minute break. Uh, so you guys can recover from these shocking facts about the Statue of Liberty. I want to remind everyone that I will be getting into some mind-blowing food topics at the end of the show. So if you're, if you're listening to the show and you're looking for the food part, that comes in the last 10 or 15 minutes of the show. And I think today's food section of the show is probably the most interesting food part of any show I've done. I cannot believe how many popular foods started in New York or were created in New York. And you're going to hear about that at the end of the show. In 1984, the torch of the Statue of Liberty had to be replaced due to it being damaged by the weather. And now the actual torch you see is just a replica of the original one. And that is because in 1984, uh, the weather really did a toll, took a toll on the torch. So the torch you see now is just a replica of the original. Although the Statue, although the statue of Liberty is the tallest structure in the state of New York, it is not the tallest structure in the United States or in the world. So a lot of people like to give, uh, you know, give uh, things to things that don't exist. The Statue of Liberty, although it is the tallest structure in the state of New York, it is not the tallest structure in the USA or the world. New York also has a Statue of Liberty Museum. So if you are planning to go visit the Statue of Liberty Be sure to check out the museum. Lots of positivity, lots of praise online about the museum. If you want to go up to the observation deck in the Statue of Liberty, you do have to pay a fee. Now, these are nominal fees. So it's not going to break your bank account, but there are fees uh, for the ferry, and there are fees if you want to go up to the observation deck. So I had someone say to me yesterday, oh, it's all free. No, there are fees, small fees. Uh, There are a lot of tours that you can purchase that include the Statue of Liberty. And most of those tours also include Ellis Island. So there are plenty of tours that you can go that will include the Statue of Liberty. 
And a lot of those tours also include Ellis Island. Now, I saw this. There is a mini version of the Statue of Liberty located in France. And ironically, the mini version of the Statue of Liberty that's located in France was given to them by the United States as a thank you gift. <laughs> so France gave the United States a Statue of Liberty and the U.S. as a thank you gave them their own Statue of Liberty. And like I said, many other countries around the world have replicas of the Statue of Liberty. So the Statue of Liberty in uh, in New York is not the only Statue of Liberty. Many other countries around the world have replicas of the Statue of Liberty. Uh, just a couple of those countries are Germany, Denmark, and Norway. At night, powerful spotlights are shined on the Statue of Liberty. Is that the correct way to say that? I'm just reading my notes. I guess at night, powerful spotlights shine on the Statue of Liberty, and that actually helps some of the ships nearby to navigate and dock. In 1878, the head of the Statue of Liberty was on display at the World's Fair in Paris. So before the Statue of Liberty came to America and was uh, erected in uh, New York, in 1878, they had the head of the Statue of Liberty on display at the World's Fair in Paris. I'm not even going to say the next one because I cannot. Oh, and there's a Statue of Liberty replica sitting in Las Vegas that is beautiful. I've, I've actually seen it up close. Uh, there is a replica of the Statue of Liberty in Las Vegas, and it is amazing. The man, now here's something. Now keep in mind, I don't want anyone getting injured from falling off their chairs when I give these facts. But here's something you want to pay attention to. The man who designed the Eiffel Tower also designed the spine of the Statue of Liberty. So the spine part of the Statue of Liberty and the Eiffel Tower were designed by the same person. The National Park Service. Now, here's something important uh, that you're going to need to learn before you go visit the Statue of Liberty. The National Park Service only allows 240 visitors per day to visit the Statue of Liberty. So there is a limit on how many people can visit the Statue of Liberty every day. When you visit the Statue of Liberty, you're put in groups of 10, and each group is accompanied by a National Park Service ranger during your visit. Now, keep in mind, with the terrorism and everything else, they have strict security put in place when you get on the ferry. So your first, the security check is when you first get on the ferry to go visit the Statue of Liberty. There's a very detailed security check. And then when you get to the Statue of Liberty, you're put in groups of 10 and accompanied by a National Park Service ranger. And an average of 4 million people visit the Statue of Liberty every year. And I'm positive 
a lot of them are going to listen to this show. Many times the Statue of Liberty has been closed due to bad weather. I have already said that. You can also see the Statue of Liberty on the $1 coin. So if anybody has a United States $1 coin, uh, you can also see the Statue of Liberty on the coin. All right, I just said that. I'm, I'm looking at notes where I already covered. As we mentioned earlier, there are many replicas of the Statue of Liberty. And this was in the news. Uh, the, the replica of the Statue of Liberty in Great Falls, Montana, was vandalized in the year 2019. And like I said earlier, the shows that we have been doing, I try to keep every show under 40 minutes long. So if you go to your favorite podcast platform, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora Radio, and each week I try to give you guys a different location to listen to the show, Pod Paradise. Just go to podparadise.com and look up Learn About World Cuisine. I try to make every show under 40 minutes. Uh, That way you can listen to a lot of shows at once. So I'm going to move on to the food. We are already at the 25-minute mark. So I'm going to start talking about the food. Now, I want everyone, if you're busy doing something right now, I want you to make sure you listen to this section because my mind was blown. We're going to start talking about the food of New York. Here we go. The first pizzeria in the entire United States opened in New York City in 1905. The pizzeria is called Lombardi Pizza, and it is still open to this day. The English Muffin was started in America in New York City. Eggs Benedict is from New York City. The first spaghetti and meatballs started in New York City. And New York City can also take credit for the ice cream cone. How about that? Those are some of the most popular foods that are eaten even today. And they were all started in New York City. Obviously, hot dogs. Owning a permit to run a hot dog stand in New York can range you from $700 to $200,000, depending on where you put your hot dog cart. And New York, obviously, was one of the first places to sell a hot dog in America. And we're going to talk about something that I never knew. I got a fun fact about the creation of the hot dog towards the end of the show. Chicken and waffles, General Show's chicken, also were started in New York City. Although the foods were not invented in New York, they all started in in America in New York City. At one time in the early 19th century, Manhattan was actually known for oysters. And some people say that it was known as the oyster capital of the world. However, that is no longer the case. New York is home to a whopping 
69 Michelin-starred restaurants. Wow. New York City is home to a whopping 69 Michelin-starred restaurant. restaurants. And there is a restaurant called 11 Madison Park that has an impressive three Michelin stars. Uh, as you may already know, the bagel is widely associated with New York. And they said that the Polish Jews brought bagels with them from when they immigrated to New York. And that was at the end of the 19th century. I'm sure you also heard about New York cheesecake. There are two versions to the story of the New York cheesecake. The first version says that it was invented in 1872 in the town of Chester, New York. And the second version says that a German immigrant named Arnold Rubin, and you are correct, same guy who invented the Rubin sandwich, started making New York cheesecakes in 1929. New York is also famous for the chopped cheese sandwich. And that was supposedly created in East Harlem before it got popular. I remember back in 2013, there was a thing called the Cronut. And I can tell you right now, that was the biggest thing going. Back in 2013, it was called a Cronut. And it was basically a combination of a croissant and a donut. Uh, that cronut was invented in a Soho bakery in 2013. I have a fun fact about the dirty water hot dogs. If you guys know what that is, when you have a hot dog stand, uh, the hot dogs are laying in water, so they refer to them as dirty water hot dogs. And they started being sold on the streets of New York in the 1860s. And uh, basically, people refer to them as dirty water hot dogs because they are literally sitting in that water all day. Here's another fun fact. The egg and cheese on a roll, which is something I still order today, was invented in a bodega in New York. In 1885, Albert Keene opened up a restaurant in Manhattan's Garment District. And that is where his steakhouse, called Keene's Steakhouse, first started serving mutton chops. And I got to tell you, I am, I am shocked as to how many popular American foods either started in New York City or were created in New York City, and I got tons more, so hold on to your chairs. Pastrami on rye first started being sold in New York in the late 19th century, and that is when a Lithuanian immigrant started selling them at his restaurant. He was originally given the recipe for pastrami from a Romanian friend of his, who owed him a favor. So basically he had a Romanian friend, okay, and his friend owed him a favor. So he said, hey, you got a restaurant. Here's a recipe for a thing called pastrami. And the gentleman is a Romanian who gave him the recipe, 
And curing meats, curing meats, it was a very popular thing in Romania. And that is how the pastrami sandwich first got its start. Katz's Deli in New York has been run by the same family since 1888. Wow! The same family has ran Katz's Deli since 1888. In 2004, a very talented chef named David Chang opened a restaurant in New York. Although he did not create the pork bun, he perfected it. And that is when the pork buns started becoming very popular. He was one of the first uh, people that got, noti- that got noticed due to his pork buns. Uh, but they were already invented, but he was doing such a great job making them that that is how the pork bun craze started. New York City is known for their famous steakhouses. And the porterhouse steak is one of the favorite steaks for people to order. And obviously, I think everyone knows this, but Peter Luger Steakhouse is the iconic steakhouse in New York. The first ice cream cone, as we mentioned earlier, was invented in New York in 1896 by an Italian immigrant. Here's a really fun fact. I love this. There are just about 24,000. Yes, you heard that right. 24,000 restaurants in New York City. One of New York City's oldest bars. Here's something. How about this? Check this out. One of New York City's oldest bars is called McSorley's. And it did not allow women... In the bar till 1970. <laughs> so McSorley's has been around since 1854. And McSorley's in New York did not allow women in the bar till 1970. And that was because a law forced them to do it. Uh, here's an old folklore. Here's an old uh, here's an old folklore. I guess that's what you say, right? People claim that the price of a ride on the subway and the price for a slice of pizza in New York must be the same. And I whether it's by coincidence or not, when the price of one goes up, so does the other. I'm going to say this again. Legend has it that the price of a ride on the subway and the price for a slice of pizza have to be equivalent. And coincidence or not, when the, sli- when the price of the subway goes up, so does the price of a slice of pizza. Apples are the official state fruit of New York. Now, here is something that I'm still talking about. I researched this the other day and I couldn't believe it. The original hot dog is not from Nathan's. It is from a company called Feltman's. And I actually follow the owner on TikTok, and he's got a great account. Uh, But the original hot dog is not from Nathan's. 
It's from a company called Feltman's, and I actually follow the owner on TikTok. So Feltman's started selling their hot dogs in a cart in 1867. Ironically, Nathan, who founded Nathan's Hot Dogs, was an employee of Feltman's. And he started his own place in Coney Island in 1916. So ironically, the first people to sell hot dogs was Feltman's. And Nathan, who started Nathan's Hot Dogs, was an employee. There are even some people today who believe that the modern-day hamburger was invented in New York by immigrants from Hamburg, Germany. And as I mentioned earlier, chicken and waffles, which you would think were invented in the South. I always thought they were. Were actually invented in Harlem, New York at a restaurant called the Wells Supper Club. So I always thought that chicken and waffles was a southern dish and made in the south. It was not. It was invented in Harlem at a restaurant called the Wells Supper Club. The Waldorf Astoria in New York is credited with inventing several foods. Okay, the first food that was invented at the Waldorf Astoria in New York was Eggs Benedict. What? Eggs Benedict was invented at the Waldorf Astoria in New York. The Waldorf salad was invented at the Waldorf Astoria in New York. I cannot believe how many foods were invented at the Waldorf Astoria. Red Velvet Cake was invented in 1959 at the Waldorf Astoria in New York. And here's a funny tale about the uh, Red Velvet Cake. Evidently, this woman goes in there, and she was a guest at the Waldorf Astoria, and she asked for the recipe to the red velvet cake. They gave it to her, and then she was charged $100 for the recipe on her bill. So she kind of got mad, and she shared the recipe with 100 other people, and that is how the popularity of the red velvet cake started. The original Thomas's English muffin, you know, with the nooks and crannies. They used to have a great commercial many years ago was invented in New York in 1880. I'm still stunned as to how many foods started in New York or were created in New York. The first baked Alaska started in New York at Delmonico's Restaurant in 1867. Uh, They say that New Yorkers drink seven times more coffee than any other city in the United States. Wow, seven times more coffee. Obviously, the drink called the Manhattan was invented at the Manhattan Club in in the 1870s. The Cosmo was invented in New York in 1987 at the Odeon Bar. Bloody Marys were invented in New York in 1934. 
The person who invented the Bloody Mary uh, was the same person who created a similar drink in Paris. But Bloody Marys were invented in New York in 1934 by the same guy who invented a similar drink in Paris. In 2005, New York was second. New York ranked only second in 2005 in the most production of cabbage. (laughs) California produced the most cabbage in the USA, but New York was the second largest producer of cabbage. Now, here's something. I'm going to listen. I want everyone to hold on to their chairs. I don't want to get I don't want anybody getting injured by these shocking facts from falling off your chair. A Native American chef invented potato chips. What? Potato chips were invented by a Native American chef in Saratoga Springs, New York. In 1853, a customer kept sending back his French fries. Uh, The customer was very fussy, and he kept sending back the French fries he was getting. So the chef decided to do something different with the French fries. And he invented potato chips. He cut them thinner. And that is how potato chips were invented. Now, here's the funny part. The last name... Of the Native American chef who created potato chips was Crumb. (laughs) I don't know why I get a kick out of that. Montauk, Long Island. And in my younger youth, I was there a few times. Montauk, Long Island is the place where the first cattle ranch was in the United States in 1747. The first public brewery was opened up in Lower Manhattan at Market Field. Now, here's something I didn't know, and I've been to New York several times. Since 2010, New York has had a $20 minimum for your credit card. I never knew that. They put a law in place in 2010. You have to spend at least $20 to use a credit card. New York has an estimated 4,000 street vendors, 100 million Chinese food cartons are used in New York every year. What other show are you going to listen to to give you that kind of stuff? 100 million Chinese food cartons are, are used in New York every single year. The Chinatown in Queens and not Manhattan. I'm going to say this again because you, to understand. The Chinatown in Queens, New York, and not Manhattan is the largest Chinatown in the entire world. I would have thought that would have been located in Manhattan. And like I said, I do not like my shows going above 40 minutes because I think it's easier for you to listen to a lot of shows if it's a 30 to 40 minute show. But I want everyone go to your favorite podcast platform, Spotify, iHeartRadio. This show does very well on Amazon Music. And I have done a show about France. And when I was doing the research for this show, 
I spent an hour looking at fun facts about French food, and I realized I covered them all in my France episode. So go to your favorite podcast platform, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music. This show does great. Or I just gave you a tip earlier. Go to podparadise.com and look up Learn About World Cuisine and subscribe to the show, but look for my show about France. So I'm not going to spend too much about fun facts on French food because it's all in that episode. But baguettes in France are typically complimentary at restaurants and presented in a basket, much like bread is in the United States. Snails and oysters are common delicacies in France. American people call their mains entrees. Now, this is, I, wanna, I do want to dwell on this. In America, your main meal is called your entree. In France, it's totally different because the French call the appetizer and starter entrees. And like I said, I did a show about French food that has everything you can possibly think of about fun facts about French food. So go to your favorite podcast platform, download my episode about France, and your mind is going to be blown with all of the things I gave you about French food uh, in that episode. The French eat their burgers with a fork and knife. Yes. If you go to a restaurant in France, it's common for the French people to eat their burgers and their pizza with a fork and knife. So that is common in France. The legal drinking age in the country of France is only 16 years old. The French do not take kindly to people who have problems with the food they are served. And I had this happen to me. Go to phillyrestaurantreviews.com, my website. And I got links to my book, and I talk about this. Uh, French chefs do not take kindly to people who send back food. And that is because they believe that their food is seasoned to perfection. So complaining about uh, food you are served in France is is frowned upon. Due to pasteurization... The French people do not carry their milk in refrigerators at the grocery store. So it's very common for you to go to, to go to a grocery store in France and the milk will be stocked on shelves at the front of the store. And like I said, the French people do not frown upon alcohol. And it's very common for you to go to an office building and them have alcohol in the, in the offices. Okay, that's the one thing I was, my mind was blown when I did the French episode. Alcohol is not, alcohol is not hidden in France. Uh, French people take long lunch breaks and they can drink a bottle of wine. Uh, It's taboo in other parts of the world. It is not in France. And alcohol is so popular in France that it is on the McDonald's menu. So when you go to a McDonald's in France, there is alcohol on the menu. And like I said, it's very common to go to a 
real estate office or any kind of office in France, and they will have uh, alcohol in the office. And uh, the rule in France is if you're not too drunk to work, it's fine to drink. (laughs) And I was kind of shocked. The Michelin Guide, which a lot of foodies are familiar with, is actually from the Michelin Tire Company. I thought it was, I, I always thought the two were different. All right, I think we got it. I think we hit a home run with this episode. Uh, I'm, I, I believe so. I believe this is one of the best episodes I've done. So keep in mind, go to your favorite podcast platform. Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora Radio, uh, iTunes, obviously. And look for Learn About World Cuisine and subscribe to the show. I mean, we just my mind is blown from this episode. I actually, I'm shocked at some of the stuff I found out about both the Statue of Liberty and the foods that were created in New York from this episode. Uh, the last three weeks, we have been on fire. So don't just listen to this show. I got 140 more shows on Spotify. They said... Kevin, Joe Rogan has decided to come to Spotify. Would you like to be on? Oh, yeah. You know, me and Joe Rogan. <laughs> Keeping Spotify floating. <laughs> Go to Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora Radio, all your favorite podcast platforms. Look up Learn About World Cuisine and subscribe to the show. And I have 140 more episodes on those platforms. Or you can go to my website, phillyrestaurantreviews.com. And I have links to the episodes. 140 more on your favorite podcast platform. So keep in mind, if it's Thursday morning, it's time for you to check your favorite podcast platform for a brand new episode. Of Learn About World Cuisine. I'll see you next Thursday.